Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Humans have long been fascinated by the skies, what lies in space and beyond. And sometimes, well, sometimes we think our eye captures something out of this world. I do not have an explanation for what this uh, object is. Even lawmakers are talking UFOs. What's with the uptake and interest? And is there anything to it? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. From War of the Worlds to Invasion of the Body Snatchers to Independence Day and beyond, pop culture has been intertwined with space for decades. You know, the thrill of the unknown. But what about in our everyday life? Could there be life on other planets? Even the folks in Washington want to know. On Tuesday, a hearing was held before Congress in D.C. on UFOs. You know, I learned something today. The last time Congress held a hearing like this was a direct result of something that happened here in Metro Detroit. The last one that happened was over 50 years ago, and it was because of the sightings here in southeastern Michigan. Dexter, Hillsdale, other places come to mind in this big 1966 wave of sightings that we had here. The Air Force's Project Blue Book sent their chief scientific advisor to investigate, and he held a press conference and said that what people were seeing was potentially marsh gas or swamp gas, which led a lot of people to be upset. And when people are upset with the government, what do they do but, of course, write their congressmen? And so Gerald Ford, who was a congressman here in Michigan at the time, was hearing from his constituents that they didn't feel that the government was being straight with them about UFOs. And so he said to Congress, hey, there should be an open hearing on this UFO topic. That right there, that is the voice of Bill Konkoleski. Bill is the head of the Michigan chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON for short. And while lawmakers took the floor debating the factuality of UFOs and if they pose a threat or not, Bill told me when it comes to factuality, there is no debate in his mind. Is there going to be indisputable evidence? And I wonder if some people would have said, well, yeah, there already is. Where are you looking? Yeah, I got to admit, I'm in that camp with MUFON. And in Michigan alone, we get about 200 sighting reports a year on an average. So that's a lot. And we can identify about 95% of what comes into us. But that means every year we get 10 sightings that are just no way that if this witness is telling the truth, that it was anything that can be easily explained. You know, that's obviously what's the game exciting of UFO investigation. But like I said, we can identify almost everything, but there are still some of those that are just amazing. And what the late Stanton Friedman, the great UFO investigator, used to say, you know, all it takes is one. All it takes is one of these reports to be true and accurate, and that's it. Then now we know. 
Bill, he mentioned that the number of sightings reported yearly here in Michigan stretches into the hundreds. But Mike Narlock, the head of astronomy at the Cranbrook Institute of Science, he's not so sure about the data itself. One of the things about the quote unquote data is that very rarely are people who are, say, astronomers or amateur astronomers or people who are familiar with the phenomenon in the nighttime sky, very rarely do those people report anything. It's usually somebody driving home or on a camping trip or someone who doesn't pay a lot of attention to what goes on in the nighttime sky that can misconstrue a satellite moving across the sky or a bolide, which is kind of like a meteorite that explodes in the sky, or planets. Sometimes when you see a very bright object within a dark environment, your eyes play tricks on you and it makes it look like you perceive the object as moving around erratically. People are well-meaning. They see something they don't understand, so they report it. That's a good thing. But the leap that a lot of people make is that because I don't understand what that is, therefore it must be an alien spacecraft. We were talking about that hearing in Washington, D.C. earlier, and as our UFO tracker friend Bill pointed out, this is not the first time this has happened. Project Blue Book began as a way for the government to track encounters with what they call UAPs. We call them UFOs. But about 20 years into that project, it was halted. That is until a similar program began about five years ago. One of the big things of concern for lawmakers was safety. In 2017, we learned for the first time that the Department of Defense had quietly restarted a similar organization tracking what we now call unidentified aerial phenomena. This hearing and oversight work has a simple idea at its core. Unidentified aerial phenomena are a potential national security threat, and they need to be treated that way. For too long, the stigma associated with UAPs has gotten in the way of good intelligence analysis, UAPs are unexplained, it's true, but they are real. They need to be investigated, and many threats they pose need to be mitigated. That is the voice of Indiana Democrat Andre Carson. As I was listening to the testimony, Congress really did seem to be concerned about a threat. Bill says that's because it's the only way they can really talk about it. If what is occurring in our skies is threatening, it really isn't a new phenomenon. This is the 75th anniversary of Roswell. And so, you know, if something was going to happen negative, like if there was some sort of invasion from space that you can imagine, why would they wait 75 years to do it? I think the reason that they discuss it as a threat in Congress is because if it's not a threat, why are they having that discussion? If they were just discussing benign lights in the sky that just are pretty to look at or mysterious to wonder after, it's not the same as it being a potential national security threat. So that's the only way they can really discuss it is to couch it as a threat. Mike, the astronomer, he agrees with Bill when it comes to the government and UFOs. That said, Mike did point out that even if these objects don't belong to space creatures, we should still figure out who owns them. Added to the list of curious things that our elected officials spend their time thinking about. If there is a civilization out there that has traveled the trillions and trillions and trillions of miles of interstellar space to get here, I'm pretty sure we don't have the technology to do that. So I'm not sure what we can do about that, nor why we would spend a lot of time worrying about something like that, because if it does happen, I'm not, I'm not sure that there's anything we can do. 
I think the bigger concern is that if they do have video or photographic evidence of flying machines doing fantastical things in the sky and they're not ours, there's certainly a concern as to whose they are. I think to suggest that they're from an alien race may be a bit far-fetched, but to suggest that perhaps one of the other great nations on the Earth has developed technology that we have not, that's certainly a concern. Maybe one of the nations that we may not have the best of relations with has developed military hardware that can do interesting things. That's something to be concerned about. I should be very clear about something. It is not that Mike doesn't believe in life outside of this planet. Quite the opposite, actually. What are the odds that they do exist that we just haven't seen them? Oh, there's a famous quote about that. If we are the only life in the universe, that is an astounding thing. If we are not the only life in the universe, that is an equally astounding thing. Do I think that there is life off planet Earth? Absolutely. I absolutely 100% believe that the Earth is not the only place where you'll find the living organisms. I think there are probably places in our own solar system where life exists. We just haven't found it yet. I can't make the leap in logic that there are alien civilizations out there and they're going to come to the Earth and they're going to do experiments on cows. That's the part, for me at least, it doesn't pass the sniff test. It doesn't make sense. One thing that I've been thinking about while making this podcast is that conversations like this one seem a lot more common. You don't have to talk about UFOs in dark alleys, and you won't be accused of wearing a tinfoil hat if you do. Bill says there are reasons for that. Times have changed because of a couple things. One is the topic is no longer receiving the same type of giggle factor it once did because science is catching up in some respects to the possibility of there being life out in outer space. The Hubble, the Kepler Space Telescopes, and now the Webb Telescope out there finding new planets throughout our galaxy that are potentially habitable. So the odds of there being life out there are increasing. Also, the Internet allows like-minded people to get together on particular topics, in this case UFOs or UAPs, as they say here in uh, Congress, and have serious discussions about it and find ways to bring the topic to the forefront. So I think the public is a lot more accepting. I think science is catching up. We always have to ask, what's behind the things we see, we hear, and we feel? So I posed the question to Mike, what is it that makes people jump to the UFO conclusion? He says the answer is simple. It's romance. Those types of things make the universe seem much more alive and much more interesting. If people spent as much effort and time exploring that which we already know about the universe and about the world around us, they'd be just as astounded. Maybe it's just a matter of human nature to gravitate towards things that have an easy yet fantastic explanation as opposed to the real science behind things. And I think sometimes when we try and use science to explain things too thoroughly, it removes some of the romance of living our lives. It's certainly interesting to think that there could be UFOs or a zombie apocalypse or Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and all of these things. Thank you to both Bill Konkoleski and Mike Narlock. They helped us bring out of this world information within our reach. For the latest on what's happening from Metro Detroit to outer space, visit www.jnewsradio.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark and this is The Daily J. 
Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.